last week, and we thank the Lord for the many wonderful things that took place there. And uh, I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm just glad to be part of the kingdom of God. Amen. His kingdom marches on. Matthew chapter three. Uh, we're going to read verses one and two, and then we're going to read verses eight through eleven. Uh, verses one and two of Matthew three. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, "Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Verses eight through eleven. Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Verse 10. Now also the axe. And I want you to pay close attention to that. The axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. By the help of the Lord today, I would like to speak to you on this subject, the axe and the root. The axe and the root. The axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Could we lift up our voices unto God and ask His blessing upon the preaching of the Word today? Lord, I thank You for Your goodness unto us. Your gracious mercy and loving kindness enriches us every day. And I pray today that as Your Word goes forth that it will accomplish that whereto You have sent it. Lord, I pray that each one of us will sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Help us, Lord, to receive the goodness of your word. Help it to get into our heart and soul, Lord. Make us who you want us to be, made in your image for your glory. We give you praise today and ask for your anointing. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah, in the fifth chapter of his book, brings to us a very beautiful analogy of how the Lord seeks to do good for his people, put his people in the most positive of positions, but how that many times his people find a way to, to mess that up, if you please. How many have ever done that? God gives you every opportunity and you, we just all kind of have a way of messing things up. Amen. It's just the way we are. But listen to what Isaiah said in verse 1 of Isaiah 5. Now while I sing to my beloved a song of my beloved, touching his vineyard, my well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. It's a vineyard and it's in a very fruitful hill. He fenced it. He gathered out the stones thereof. And planted it with the choicest vine. Not, not just a vine, not just a choice vine, but the choicest vine. And built a tower in the midst of it. And also made a wine press therein. He built this just exactly the way it should be built. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes. And it brought forth wild grapes. And I want to 
point out to you that this is a somewhat of a, an illustration of exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, when God had made man in his own image, and male and female created he them, taking female from the rib of Adam and making them and his image and causing them to be, plant, to be placed eastward in the Garden of Eden, a garden that he had planted for them to tend to that garden and to receive of its benefit. I want you to know that is the desire of God. The desire of God for his people is for them to be in a garden, if you please, or in a vineyard, if you please. He wants them to be surrounded by an environment that is full of precious fruit. When the Bible speaks of precious fruit, it is speaking specifically of the fruit of the Spirit. And I will remind you of what the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. And, and that long-suffering, that's not God's desire that we suffer. It's that He gives us the ability to suffer and to endure suffering for long, indefinite periods of time. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. That is the desire of God for our lives, that our lives be filled with and surrounded by love and peace and all of these wonderful things. How many want more love in your life, more peace in your home, more joy in your soul? Well, God wants that for you too, and that is his desire. So putting man and woman in the garden called Eden, in Isaiah's analogy of the well-beloved planting a vineyard and putting in it the choicest vine, putting in it a wine press, putting in it a tower, hedging it about with a fence, gathering the stones thereof, breaking up the fallow ground and preparing it to where it can be fruitful, looking that it would bring forth grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. In the same way, he looked for Adam and Eve to replenish the earth, to fill the earth, to be fruitful and multiply, and yet, man messed it up, disobeyed, fell to temptation, allowed himself to, to walk into the snare of the serpent. Not through deception. Eve was deceived. His was pure disobedience. And he walked into the disobedient action of, of parting from God's command and bringing sin and death into the world as a result God had given him free choice. Why did God give him free choice? Because he was made in the image of God. And God has free choice. If God had not given man free choice, man would not be made in the image of God. God has free choice. God can do what he wants to do. But he chooses to love us. He chooses to show mercy unto us. Oh, that's what makes His grace so beautiful, His mercy so wonderful. He chooses to use His freedom and His power to show love unto us. And for that, we should be grateful every day that we live. There should never fail to be a praise on our lips and, and, a, and a song in our soul for the goodness and the mercy of the Lord upon our lives. It was the desire of God always to give unto man the good fruit 
to give unto man the fruit of love and peace and gentleness and goodness. But man chose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil over the tree of life. When he made this decision, God expelled him from the Garden of Eden and, and to ensure that he would not eat of the tree of life for, and live forever in a sinful state, he put the angel of the Lord at the entrance of Eden. The angel of the Lord had a flaming sword that turned every which direction. And man could not, if he wanted to, enter back into the Garden of Eden. That wasn't simply a punishment from God. That was the Lord's mercy. Because if man had eaten of the tree of life, he would have lived forever in a miserable state. But God wanted to give him the tree of life in its purity, in its fullness. We look at the book of Revelation and we see the tree of life again. Not in the Garden of Eden, but in the New Jerusalem. Planted on either side of the Crystal River. The river of life bearing 12 manner of fruits every month. A new fruit for the, the leaves of that tree or for the healing of the nations. God wants to give to man that tree of life. That is why he came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. He came into this world to redeem us from destruction. To deliver us from our sins. To give us access to what we had once abandoned. John chapter 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine. Now hear this, this is important because if he's the true vine, he must be making that distinction because there's a false vine. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Hallelujah. He's restoring the vine that we rejected. He's restoring the vine that we walked away from. He's restoring the vineyard that, that at one time brought forth wild grapes. He's going to get those good grapes he was searching for, that he was looking for. He's planted in it the choicest vine. A tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. I, I want you to know that this is the will of God for our lives. And, and let me, before I go any further, let me just impress this again upon you. It is the Lord's will that the good seed of the word of God be planted in your heart and mind. That fruit would come from that. That it would be like a root out of dry ground. You may not even think that any good can come from you. But it can be like a root out of dry ground. That's what Jesus is. He's the root out of dry ground. He grows up as a tender plant. He's the root 
of David, hallelujah, he grows up into a mighty tree and he wants that to happen in your life. The Bible said that he wants us to be in a fruitful hill. He wants us to be in a vineyard. He wants us to be in a garden of Eden, which means a garden of pleasure. Not worldly pleasure that lasts for a season and then ends in calamity, but real pleasure, the pleasures of God. For in His presence there is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. He, wants, he said He wants your children to be like olive plants around your table. He wants your whole family to be free fruitful and multiply. He wants love to abound in your words. He wants your very words, he said, to be like a tree of life that anybody and everybody that encounters you encounters the goodness of God. They don't meet some angry bitter, malice-ridden, spiteful, strife-ridden soul, they find someone who is full of love and full of joy and full of goodness and full of compassion. He wants you and I to be a tree of life. That's God's desire. He wants your children to be full of love. He wants their homes to be full of love. He wants them to love one another as He has loved us. He wants there to be peace in your, in your marriage. And he wants there to be hope, hallelujah, for your future. I'm talking about the will of God for your life. But sometimes you hear that and then you look around and you say, but that's not what I'm seeing. I, I look around and I, 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 I want peace. I want joy. I want gentleness. I want there to be hope and harmony and happiness and goodness. But I look around and I see anger and I see bitterness. And I see, I see problems more than enough. And I see strife and envy and covetousness. And everybody's at each other's throats. And I, I, I want to know where did that come from. I want grapes, but I'm getting wild grapes. I want tree of life but I'm getting the tree of the knowledge of good and evil where is this coming from the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that sowed good seed in his field and he had sown this seed into the field but when the blade sprang up and when the time had come for the field to grow the Bible says that tares were growing up with the wheat and they couldn't figure it out the servants came to the master and said didn't we sow good seed in this field? Didn't we do it right? What did we do wrong? Because we were hoping to bring forth a good harvest of wheat. But when we look out into this field, we see, yeah, we see some wheat, but we also see a lot of tares. We see problems. And, and so we don't understand, was the seed not good? And the master of the field who knows exactly what he's doing knows the power of the seed that was in his hand. And he knows the fertility of the field in which he sowed. He looked at them and said, there's only one explanation. An enemy hath done this. An enemy hath done this. And Matthew chapter 13 explains to us that's exactly what happened. While men slept. Hear what I'm telling you. While men slept. Saint of God, we can't afford to go to sleep in this hour. 
These times demand, these times demand us to put our faith in the Lord. We don't have time to go to sleep. We can't afford to go to sleep. It is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Hey, husband. Hey, father. You can't go to sleep. Your family is a field that God wants you to sow good seed into. Hey, mother, wife, hear what I'm telling you. It's not time to go to sleep. Your family needs you to be at the wheel. Hey, child of God, saint of God, it's not time to go to sleep because when you fall to spiritual slumber, the enemy comes in and sows seeds that are not consistent with God's will for your life. Oh, hallelujah. The enemy will come in and start sowing tares into the field. And you don't even know it's happening. You don't even realize it's happening. You're just, you're just not paying attention to it. You're just going about your day. You're just going through whatever motions you go through. And little do you know, but the enemy is coming in to your family, coming into your marriage, coming into your, into your mind. And he's sowing tares and seeds of doubt, seeds of depression. Seeds of fear, seeds of perversion, seeds of despondency, seeds of addictive tendencies, seeds of pride, seeds of lust, seeds of rebellion. He's sowing them into your soul and you wake up one day and say, where did this come from? It happened while you were asleep at the wheel. It happened while you were caught up with, with your own life and not fulfilling the call that God had called you to. That call of a watchman on the wall. That call of a, of a, of a circumspect child of God. That call of being watchful and being aware and being alert. And so the enemy comes in and starts sowing things into your life. And I'm telling you, there's power in the seed. There's power in the seed and that seed will go down into the ground and it will begin to take root. It'll bust open, burst open. It's the beautiful thing about the Word of God. The Word of God is the seed. All words are seeds. That's why words are so important and why we must be deliberate about the words we speak. Not just careful, deliberate, intentional. I will speak life. I will speak hope. I will speak peace. I will speak faith. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Words are seeds. And even a false word is a seed. Even a word of death is a seed. And if it goes into the ground, it has the potential of bursting open and the, and, and the roots begin to grow from that seed underneath the surface. And you don't know it's happening because you're not under the surface. You're looking at the surface and you don't realize that underneath the surface of the earth, underneath in the area that is invisible to you in the spiritual realm, there are roots that are bursting forth from seeds the enemy planted. And they're growing under the surface. And they begin to grow and grow until finally they, they, they burst forth from the ground. And when they burst forth from the ground, you wonder where they came from. They've been under the ground for a long time. And they may not even come up in your life. They'll come up in your children's lives. Hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, 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 I'm talking to you about how roots work. 
And when we deal with this, we, we know the Bible talks about different roots. For one thing, it talks about the root of bitterness. The root of bitterness comes from seeds of offense that are sown into our lives. And we don't even know that they're there, but, they, but the enemy sowed them when we weren't paying attention. We, listen, we cannot be offended. Do you know what that means? That means we can't allow the devil's seeds to get into our soul. That's all that means. Well, I feel justified in being offended because they didn't treat me right. Well, you're carnal. That's what that means. Because if you were spiritual, you would understand that, that the power of forgiveness, the power of love, the power of trusting God, the power of His grace. Hear what Jesus said. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you have love one for another as I have loved you. You can't love people the way Christ loves you and still be offended. Oh, do, you know, do you know how offensive you've been to Christ? Do you know how offensive we've been? How offensive our thoughts are to Christ? Do you know how offensive our words are to Christ? How offensive our action and inaction is to Christ? Do you know how offensive our rebellious ways are to Jesus Christ? Do you know how offensive we are? Yet we walked into this house and he ministered to you like he always does. We walked into this place, lifted up holy hands, and like a faithful and loving father, he came right to where we are. Because we may have been offensive, but he refused to be offended. I'm going to love you despite what you said. I'm going to love you despite how you acted. I'm going to love you regardless of what you did. I rebuke the devil's efforts to try to sow seeds of offense into somebody's soul. Don't let that get inside of you. It'll become a root of bitterness and will defile many. Yeah, that's what happens. It, it defiles many. The root of bitterness starts to get down inside of you. And those roots start traveling places you never expected them to travel. You, you don't expect them to go into your neighbor's yard, but they're over there. You start trying to pluck up a root, and you know, you, you had no idea where that thing has gone. It's over under your neighbor's swimming pool. And you're down there rooting around trying to get the root. That's what we mean when we say rooting around. We're talking about getting down in the dirt and trying to pull stuff out you can't get your hands on because it's traveled farther than you ever expected it to travel. It's gone places you didn't expect it to go. It's damaged relationships you didn't expect it to damage. It's left you more miserable than you ever expected to be left. It's a root. It's a seed that turned into a root hallelujah I want you to know ladies and gentlemen Jesus is coming back Jesus is coming back and do you know when he came the first time he sent a forerunner before him and that man's name was John and he is the one Isaiah prophesied about the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord hallelujah he came in with a bush hog and a backhoe and a crane and chainsaws he's a wild man with camel's girdle and locusts and a honey honey dripping from his mouth 
and he's coming through preparing the way of the Lord because Jesus is coming and he's coming for a people who are ready to meet him at the prophecy concerning John the Baptist's entry into the world. This is what the angel of the Lord said to his father Zacharias. He will make ready a people for the coming of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is at hand and John the Baptist is going to make people ready for the Lord to enter into this world. I want to be ready for the Lord to enter into this world. And this is what the John this is what John the Baptist said. He said the axe is laid at the root of the tree. The axe is laid at the root of the tree. I want you to know that before Jesus can do a work in your life, there has to be the axe laid unto the root of the tree. What root is growing under the surface of your soul? Is it a root of pride? Is it a root of perversion? Is it a root of addiction? Is it a root of depression or despair? Is it a root of anxiety or fear? Is it a root of false doctrine or heresy that has led you astray? John the Baptist said the axe is being laid unto the fruit, unto the root rather, of the tree. Hear what I'm telling you today. This word of God has to be like an axe in your life. Oh, I wish I could preach on the axe of the apostles. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wish I could talk to you about how God uses the word as an axe. He uses the word in many ways. In one place it said the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and to the joints and marrow of the bone and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In this context, Hebrews 4.12 the word of God is described as a surgical instrument, a, a sharp two-edged sword that's sharper than any other. It makes incisive cuts to the joints and marrow of the bone. And that is the way the word of God can work. It can go down into places that nobody else can reach. It can go into the body. It can go into the invisible parts of you. And it can cut cancers oh i feel the holy ghost it can cut cancers off of vital organs you need the liver but you don't need the cancer associated with the liver the word of god has such a sharp cutting edge such an incisive precise ability to go between the liver and the tumor and never damage the liver but remove the tumor that's the way that the word of God can work the word of God can be so pinpointed so laser precise so incisive that it can go down into your soul cut the cancer and save the soul hallelujah oh I need him to be my great physician I need him to be the spiritual surgeon in my life <laughs> oh blessed be his name let him anesthetize you with his loving grace. Put you into a deep sleep. 
and bring something beautiful out of your life. Cut the cancers. Hallelujah. Deliver you from the bondage. Oh, hallelujah. Another place the Bible says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that is the way the Word of God can work, like a sword, like a fighting weapon, like, like, like a, a dagger that the enemy is, is powerless against. And he will take that sword and thrust it through the heart of your adversary. He will take that sword and he will cut the head off of the giant you're facing. And you will never deal with that giant again in your life. He will remove him as an intimidator. He will remove him as your adversary he will give you victory over the giants who defy you yeah his his word is like a a surgical instrument his word is like a a wielded sword but there are sometimes his word is an axe it's just blunt force sharp iron has sharpened iron and it, it takes a skilled lumberjack to hold on to that long handle of that axe and begin chopping away at that most powerful thing called a tree. A tree that came forth from a tiny seed. That seed that you didn't even know entered into your spirit. But it drifted down into the soil of your soul. And it began to sit there untouched, unrecognized, un unaffecting. Until one day it broke. One day it was triggered. And it began to open up. And a root started climbing up out of that seed. And that root began to climb up out of the ground. And it gained strength over the years. And you fed it with carnality. And you nurtured it with fleshly failings. And you, and you continued to strengthen it and feed it and water it and expose it to this culture and society that is anti-God, anti-Christ. And that tree has been growing. It's been growing in the vineyard that God wants to plant in order to bless you. But you can't be blessed because there's so much bitter fruit in the garden. There's so much bitter fruit in the vineyard. There's so much malice and so much snideness, so much anger, so so much resentment, so much skepticism. And John said, the axe is coming. He's going to lay it to the root of the tree. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You've got to let the word of God be like an axe. Let it come down on those branches. Let it come down on that trunk. It looks like it's just a, an unscientific wielding of this tool, of this weapon. Oh, but hear me. The lumberjack knows what he's doing. He's got the degree right where it needs to be. He's got the force right where it needs to be. He's got the blade sharpened just as it needs to be sharpened. And he walks into that forest and he begins to wail on that tree. You've got to let it happen. You've got to get that tree removed. Jesus is coming. You've got to let the branches break off. Jesus is coming. You've got to let the fruit fall. Jesus is coming. You've got to let the root I said the root be broken up. Hallelujah. You've got to let God do a work that only God can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, let this word be an axe. 
Let this word be an axe. Hallelujah. Let this word go to work on you. Do you know this word isn't just for comfort? This word is for correction. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Hear what it's profitable for. For doctrine, for reproof. That means rebuke. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This Bible isn't supposed to make you feel good about your yourself this bible is supposed to correct your path until you walk into the new jerusalem it's gonna close some doors it's gonna open some doors it's gonna correct you and instruct you until it saves you until it saves you hallelujah you have to let it do it because this is a narrow way don't you let a false teacher tell you that this isn't a narrow way. It's a narrow way. And few there be that find this narrow way. Don't you let some false indoctrinator, some false prophet, some heretic get up and tell you that this isn't a narrow way. It's a narrow way. Sometimes it's so narrow, there are some parts of this walk you can only get through by getting on your hands and knees and crawling to an altar. This path is so narrow, there are parts of its passage you can only get through by sucking in your gut and sacrificing for a while. There's some parts of this walk, some parts of this journey you can only get through by modifying the way you live and the way you act and the way you talk and the way you treat people it's a narrow way oh hey there's a Broadway too there's a Broadway and there are a lot of famous people on the Broadway you'll find people with money you'll find some of your favorite celebrities you'll find people that make you feel good about yourself you'll find a lot of company on the Broadway but the difference is the narrow way leads to life everlasting and the Broadway leads to destruction I don't need you to make me feel good. I need to be saved. I need to be saved. <laughs> Lord, you can lay the axe to the root of every tree that's not from you. Jesus said, be aware, be aware, be aware. Everything the Father has not planted will be plucked up. It's going to be plucked up. If he didn't plant it, it's coming up. I know you might have thought it looked pretty. It's coming up. I know you thought it went perfect with all your other little garden decorations. But if he didn't plant it, it's coming up. If he didn't put it in your life, it's coming out of the ground. Hallelujah. You're going to learn. You're going to learn. Either you're going to love him or, or else. You're going to serve him or else. You're going to worship him. That's the only option. That's life. That's life. Everything else is death. That's life. Everything else is death. Oh, you don't believe me. You go ahead and sow those wild oats. You go ahead and sow those wild oats. And it'll grow a forest of despondency. Tears, tears.
tears, tears everywhere, tears. What happened? An enemy did it. While you were sleeping, while you weren't paying attention. And Jesus has come with the axe. He's coming with an axe. He's coming with an axe. He's wielding it. He's chopping everything that's not of God. You better get on the good old gospel ship. Because, hey, 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 friend, if you're one of the branches that isn't bearing fruit, he's going to pluck you out of the vine and cast you into the fire. Oh, you skipped over that part, did you? He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Every branch that beareth not fruit is plucked out and cast into the fire. My only hope is to be in him bearing fruit. What fruit? What fruit? What is the fruit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. The reason you have so much ought against other people is because you're not bearing fruit anymore. The reason that you're bitter about almost everything is because you're not bearing the fruit of the Spirit anymore. The reason you are so afraid of everything is because you're not bearing the fruit of the Spirit anymore. The reason that you won't forgive people and once they cross you, you'll never forget, you'll never forgive, you'll never try. Listen, you're not bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Friend, the axe is coming and he's laying it at the root of the tree. You know what Jesus said? He said, that if your faith is as the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and cast into the sea. See, I'm wielding the axe right now. This is what, that's, that's what this is. I'm using the word of God as an axe right now. I'm chipping away at the things that are not of God. I'm chopping. I'm chopping away at the things that are not of God. But, but, but you, you can keep working on it when you leave this place. You can keep speaking to that same root, to that same tree. You can just chop. Come on. Pick it up. Lay it down. 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 Timber. Hear what I'm telling you. You can speak to this tree and cast it into the sea. Come on, walk into your home and speak life. Walk into your home and speak hope. Walk into your home and speak faith. Walk into your home and speak love. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Glory. 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 Come on, I believe there are some mighty trees that are getting ready to fall by the power of the Word of God. I believe there are things you've been wrestling with for years and your family has wrestled with for generations that are getting ready to fall by the power of God's Word.
Lift your hands with me. Lift your hands with me. Lift your hands with me. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. 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 You can stand with me. I'm almost done. I, ah, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 They told the prophet Elisha, they said, your way is too straight for us. The path you take is too strict for us. We're going to go our own way. Give us a beam and we're going to make a house for ourselves. And they left the straight and the narrow path. They decided to do it on their own. And while they were felling a beam, while they were chopping wood, somebody wasn't taking care of the axe. Somebody wasn't making sure it was tight. Somebody didn't care about the role of the axe in their life. And the axe head flew off the end of the axe. And it, it splashed down into the water, sunk to the bottom. The man panicked. It was borrowed. It wasn't even his. He ran back to the prophet Elisha, though the way had been too straight for him. He ran back to him and said, oh, prophet Elisha, I need help. I was trying to use the axe, but, 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 but the axe head flew off. And I feel like there's somebody here today that the axe head has flown off, that the axe head has removed itself, that you've lost contact with the blunt force of God's word, that the word of God doesn't have the influence in your heart like it used to have. I feel like there's somebody here who's been a while since you sat down on the operating table and let God go to work on the inner man. I feel like there's somebody here it's been a while since the sword of the Spirit has been allowed to be an operation in your mind and in your soul. The prophet walked to that place. He took a stick and cast it into the water and the axe head began to swim. The iron began to float at the surface of the water. He said, reach out and grab it. That's all I want you to do today. I just, I just want to throw something in the water that will make the axe head swim again. And I wonder if you could just reach out and get a hold of that sharp blade that you lost somewhere along your path. and Put it back where it belongs and start chopping away. At some roots that don't belong in that vineyard. At some roots that don't belong in that garden. Oh, ah, oh God. I, 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 I want to make these altars open because I, I, want some, I want some Holy Ghost lumberjacks, if you will, to come down to the front of this house and say, Lord, put the word in my hands and let me begin chopping away at the roots that don't belong in my heart at the roots that don't belong in my spirit at the root of bitterness at the root of all evil the love of money the love of money which is the root of all evil let it, let it be torn away from my soul oh friend Oh, friend, let God take from you the love of money. Let God take from you offense and bitterness and resentment. Hallelujah. 
Come on, that's it. That's it. All across this building, whatever root system is at work in your spirit, the Word of God is going to get down inside and begin to pull those roots. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You feel powerless. You feel powerless. You feel powerless. But He has all power in heaven and in earth. It doesn't matter how deep that root goes. He can pull it up. He can pull it up. He can pull it up. That root may go all the way down to your childhood. He's going to pull it up today. <laughs> that, may, that root may go all the way back to when you first heard of God. But he's going to pull up whatever root he didn't plant. The work of the enemy is going to be reversed today in your life in Jesus' name. Ha! Glory! Hallelujah. As we sing unto the Lord, I want you to let God dig down deep. Let him go deep. Let him go deep. Let him go deep. I will. 